Good morning. You may be seated. The scripture for our sermon this morning comes from Galatians chapter 3, starting at verse 26. It's up on the screen. So, in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. This is God's word. This morning I'm going to talk about culture, but growing up in Oklahoma City, the suburbs, as a white boy, and then moving to Minnesota, southern Minnesota, later on in my teenage years, I don't know if I'm much qualified (laughs) to talk about culture. You know, it's strange though because as, as I go on in years, I learn and I look back in my life and I see places in my life that God put people that weren't like me, and I think back to high school. Um, a high school that I went to was 99% white, but it just so happened that it was a boarding school, and uh, freshman year, I got paired up with a black roommate. And I learned very quickly that we wake up to different music in the morning and our alarm clocks, that we wear very different clothes and we dress differently, and that we use different hair products, very different hair products. And I learned by experience that you cannot replace J. Crew with Shea Butter. Doesn't work on this white boy's hair. But uh, Mo and I became very good friends over the years. In fact, that friendship went on uh, throughout much of college, too. But we've, we've gone our separate ways. And there's places in my life that I see that God has plopped me into places. I mean, I'm not a missionary overseas or anything like that. But has brought people into my community, into my church, into my friendships, and into my home. Um, that aren't like me. And so I got jazzed when I found out that the conference that I was going to, a pastor's conference two weeks ago, was about culture and cross-cultural ministry. The speaker was a professor, is a professor at our church's seminary. His name is Ken Cherney, and he was a missionary for many years. And the topic was unknown unknowns. And when I read that on the conference schedule a couple of weeks before conference, I thought, did the con- conference scheduler like, not get the title of the presentation? It's called Unknown Unknowns, like, like we don't know what, what he's going to talk about. But actually, that was a big topic, Unknown Unknowns, about culture. And I thought it was so interesting, I wanted to bring it to you here this morning with this passage in light. Um, one of the big takeaways that I had at conference was um, a quote by Edward T. Hall. He's an anthropologist, and he he studies cross-cultures. He says, Culture hides much more than it reveals, and strangely enough, what it hides, it hides most effectively from its own participants. I'm going to say that one more time. Culture hides more than it reveals, and strangely enough, What it does hide, it hides most effectively from its own participants. Case in point, here's an example. Um, At the conference, this illustration was brought up. There was a missionary in the Caribbean, and uh, the missionary had uh, invited a bunch of college students from America to do mission work 
in the Caribbean at his mission. Throughout the week where these college kids were doing mission work, some of the members of his church, well, actually, the, the, actually first of all, some of the college kids came to him and they said, some of the members of your church are having babies out of wedlock, and it, it's, it's unbelievable the rate that they're doing it. These young women are uh, 16, 17, 18 years old, and, and they're just having babies without having husbands, and they're in your church, and they're doing this. How could they be a member of your church, and how could they call themselves Christian? And the missionary said to that group of college students, it's wrong. They know it's wrong. It's a sin, not the children, but the act. You have to understand their culture. That really didn't make the college students happy. It didn't give them a really satisfactory answer. The college students, they left and they went back to America, and some of the members in fact, one of the young women came to the pastor, one of the young women that had a baby out of wedlock, and she said, Pastor, those people from America, those college students, they can't be Christian, can they? She said. They go out and they drink. And they don't just drink one drink, they drink many drinks, and they get drunk. And then the next morning they get up and they laugh about it, and they say that they're going to do it again the next night. How could they be Christians and what did the missionary say? It's wrong. It's a sin. And they know it's wrong. But do you understand the culture that they come from? Now I'm going to repeat this again. Culture hides more than it reveals, and it hides the most from yourself. I've been to other cross-cultural seminars, uh, uh, secular ones here in ACC, uh, a couple days uh, long, a couple years ago, and the thing about it is, is that the dangerous assumption without a scriptural worldview is that we try to explain culture and the bad parts about culture without scripture, and uh, that whole conference, they didn't even, this is the secular conference I went to several years ago, they missed sin completely. But the dangerous thing is, is that sin is hidden in our culture, too. Culture is a good thing. It's a, something that God created. It's something that God gave us as a first article or a, a creation type of truth that you have certain hair color and that you were born at a certain age and we call ourselves um, baby boomers and we call ourselves Generation X and Generation Z and millennials and, and we come with well, male and female, you saw it up on the screen in the scripture reading, Jew and Gentile. These are all things that make us who we are, but the most dangerous thing is, is that I believe at the base of racial prejudice and bias is a mini-God inside of each and every one of us that we can't see very well. In fact, it's blind to us. That says this, it's me and my culture and my tribe versus you and your culture, and your tribe. And it doesn't have to be in an all-out war, but it can come uh, even in subtle ways, and it can divide a church. It rears its ugly head, not just in church, but in our personal lives as well. So, I'm a man. I have a culture. Part of my culture is that I'm a man. <laughs> you see that? Men generally are bigger built, they have a deeper voice box and a commanding voice. They can have, generally speaking, a more dominant appearance than a woman. 
And yet, how many times, and that's a good thing, God has given you and me, men, this ability to protect and defend, to be a leader of a household, to be the leader of the church, to instill confidence and security in the lives of our communities. But how often have I used that same truth when I'm angry to lash out at someone else with my presence or to use my voice to intimidate somebody just to get my own ends for my own means. I've had a man say that before to me. He, 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 he was inappropriate with his voice and with his presence. And he said, it's just my passion. Sin can be so hidden from us men. It happened to me several years ago. Um, it was a long day. Uh, somebody came to me that was displaced from their home, and they had many problems in their family, and we worked through some of those issues. It kind of de- derailed my whole day, one of those type of days, when you didn't get anything done that you wanted to get done. And it come to find out, I said, look, can we just get you to a place, um, because we've been looking all day for, for you to stay somewhere. Where can I take you? And he told me an address of somewhere I could take him. It was in a... It was, in a, it was in a diverse community, and I was a white male. I didn't realize that at the time. <laughs> I should have known this. But after a long, frustrating day, I took this man to the door of the house where the TV was blaring, and the screen door was open. And I knocked on the door, knock, 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 and I said, Pastor Dan, Holy Word Church, I'm looking for Jared. No answer. The TV's blaring, so what do I do? I knock louder. Knock, knock, knock. Pastor Dan, Holy Word Church, I'm looking for Jared. And sure enough, a black man comes to the door, and he shakes his head at me. And he says, I thought that the cops were at the door. I thought that maybe you're the military coming to knock down my door, and you call yourself a man of the cloth? What's most hidden is the culture that we come from. And if I use my anger or if I use my intimidation in a way that comes across to another culture, I didn't see it that I was a white man in that community going door to door looking for a home for somebody and what that might mean, my presence, my voice. Uh, Women, I can't speak as a woman, but I do know that women are generally smarter and more beautiful and witty, and more perceptive than men. That's just a truth that I have come to learn. But women, have you ever used your beauty or your wit or your um, perception, these things that God gives you to be a nurturer, to be a a mother, to to be one that brings communities together to speak wisdom into the conversations? Um, Have you ever used that same beauty and wit that first attracted him to you to manipulate him? Or, if you're not giving, get, get, getting the attention that you believe you should be getting, are you using that same beauty and wit and attraction on someone that's not your spouse to get that kind of attention again? In America, in our culture, that's a norm. Um, as a church, church people, we're all saved. We're washed by the blood of the Lamb. We're forgiven. We have the greatest news on earth. And yet, sometimes do we not see on our path, on our journey, that we're farther, maybe farther down the the tracks of faith growth than other people, have we left other people behind in our church culture? 
expecting people to walk through the doors that look like us, that sing like us, that act like us, that look like us, that have the same friendships as us? Or do they come through our doors and we say, oh, well, there you go, Pastor. There's your special project. Have at her. Have at him. Guilty. That's what was happening in the church in Galatia. Here you have Jews who were saved. They know that they were saved, and they said, we are Abraham's children. We are saved and saved because we were born like Abraham into his family. We have the mark of Abraham, circumcision. We have all of these things that the culture of being in Abraham's family has. And then Christ came, and Paul preached the message to the Galatians, and he told them that everything about them, everything about them, is all about Jesus and not about culture. It's all about grace and what God has done for you and not what your culture or what you do that, that, that makes you right in God's eyes or makes you forgiven. It's not about that. It's about grace that covers you. And Paul leaves for a time, and then he writes them a letter after he gets a report that the Jews of that time were putting their culture in front of everything else, that mini-God inside of them that says, yeah, that whole thing about Jesus, that's great, But you Gentiles that are coming into the church, do you eat like me? Do you drink like us? Do you have that mark like us? Because if you were really a follower of Jesus, you would have to do this. You'd have to adopt my culture. And Paul says that's the most dangerous teaching because you're putting culture in front of Christ. And as good as culture is, the unknown unknowns with those Jews were they didn't know that Their culture was blocking the way of grace. And Paul says in this letter that they robbed Jesus and all of his forgiveness and all the grace of God from the cross when they put these little things in front of Jesus. And so Paul says to them, In Christ you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. And what he means is that God does not take your culture away from you. Because even after he writes these words, there's still male and female in the congregation, and there's still Jew and Gentile in the congregation. But what he's saying is that God entered into the culture that you are in. He entered into the culture like the good shepherd that we're talking about today. The good shepherd who went into a man's culture and called a man named Peter who was rock-headed and used his boisterous voice and cut off ears and was a man's man and yet was deeply flawed. And he said, follow me. I'm your shepherd that's going to stick with you, man. And when Peter waffled and showed his true colors and denied Jesus, Jesus said, I'm going to remain your friend. And I'm going to give my life for you because you're my sheep. And I know you personally. And even though your culture has failed and there's things in your culture that are very flawed and sinful, I'll never be overbearing, but I'll be gentle. And when I'm angry, I'm going to be firm for the right reasons, like a man should be. 
and then I'm going to give that as a sacrifice on the cross for you. He entered into the culture of a woman that um, used her beauty and used her wit, used her appearance to make lots of money and manipulate many men. And he sat by the well with her, his sheep, and he offered her living water. Grace. And she went back from that well as a forgiven child, as a forgiven sheep, and she became the greatest mouthpiece that that town had ever heard preach the gospel because grace had entered into her culture and forgiven her. And he went to the church people, like he comes to us church people today, and he says, it's not really about the way that you do church. It's not whether you do it on that mountain over there. It's not whether you do it in that temple over there. But the Spirit of God, the kingdom of God, dwells within you. And whatever it is that we're doing as a church, whatever kind of culture that we live in, I'm bigger than that. And I don't want anything to get in the way of the message of Christ. So, how does that change us? In the, in the final words uh, today, this is, this is the way it changes us. If you're a man, and, and you know what God has made you to do, and you know that you're forgiven, and that for the times that you have, let's say, used your culture and weaponized it for your own good, he says, quit doing that <laughs> and follow me. Follow me like Peter, who after Jesus rose from the dead, Peter had a full picture of what his, his identity was, and he stood up in front of thousands of people and used his voice to preach the gospel to many nations, people that, that looked like him, people that didn't look like him, and it wasn't about Peter being a Galilean or Peter being a man, but he was using his build and his voice and his, and his, rock his rock-headedness, I should say, to get the gospel out in a, in a way that he could use all the gifts that God had given him. And he's given you that, men, in your homes, to be gentle and loving and, and give security and be a voice of God's word that speaks confidently and humbly. And he gives you women the ability to be who you are in your culture, exactly who you are. To be gentle and loving and, uh, and nurturing and everything that he's given you to be like a Deborah or like a Ruth or like an Abigail. If you don't know who those women are, check out their stories or an Esther. To be an influencer in your community, in your family. Not for manipulation, but for shining a light on Christ and giving him to your family, community, and work. I can't go into the Congonese neighborhood around me and just start preaching the gospel the way that Israel Asango can. Israel came to us just a couple of years ago as a refugee from Kenya. And he tells the story about how he, when he was in the Congo, had to go out into the bush to to, to tell the good news of Jesus to the pygmies. <laughs> and this is, this is a crazy story, but as he tells the story, is, you know, he has his dress on, and they don't wear much clothes, right? In order to even go to them, you have to dress like them. You have to get an interpreter and then go to them. 
And they wait for you, and they wait for you from a distance to see if you're, they're dressed like, if you're dressed like them. And then they let you in closer. And then after that, he says, before I could give them my message, they said, you have to eat what we eat. And what they eat is iguana. And so they cook an iguana in front of him, and they eat it like this. Or he describes it, eat it like this. And you not only have to eat the iguana, but you have to eat it like them. So he had to eat it like them. And only after all of that did they say, now give us your message. And he did. He told them about Jesus. And he told them that you don't worship the rocks and the trees and the river. The rocks and the trees and the river are creation of the God that loves you. Do you see how far we might have to go to get outside of our own skin? To get that message to other people? Do you see that culture is something that God has blessed us with, but not to be used or weaponized for our own good, but to bless other people and to go through what they go through, even if that means putting aside all of these rules about circumcision, all these rules about, about who we are in our culture and getting past that so that we can get to Christ. Which is the whole point of that conference and about this passage, I believe, is are we giving people more culture or are we interested in pe- giving people Christ? And once we've wrestled with that question, am I leading people to my culture or am I leading them to Christ? Then you know what Jesus is all about. You know what his mission is all about. And he's given you that purpose in your life to use who you are, exactly how he made you, a forgiven child of God, to get that message to others so that we can see them in heaven too. Let's pray. Dear God in heaven, thank you for giving us the, these words from Galatians 3. Help us never to forget that we aren't leading other people to our own culture and that our culture isn't something that is used um, for our own benefit. But help us as a community and as an individual to, to see the sin that is inherited in our own culture for what it is. We repent of that. And Lord, more than looking for the sin in our culture, we look for the Savior of all cultures. Help us as a country to be healing always in the ways that racial divides divide us, but also to be doing that with Christ at the center. Because in him there is no Jew or Gentile, male or female, slave or free, but in him there are all children of God, washed by the blood of the great good shepherd. It's in his name that we pray. Amen.